Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you're all having a beautiful day. I am so grateful to be introducing this week's amazing guest, Mr. Spencer Jacobson. So a little context. I have known Spencer for a few years. We met at a at an entrepreneur retreat a few years ago, and I've just been following him on social media, and he's just such a a beautiful content creator. Like he writes beautiful words that are all really inspired from the heart. He's an executive coach for purpose-driven leaders. He facilitates men's works retreats. He's got a company or a retreat experience called Dance Meets Tantra, which are like a combination of tantra and dance and conscious relating. And he's a serial entrepreneur. I mean, he's done so many things. But what I just appreciated most about this conversation and the way we engaged was he actually wrote something on social media that just sparked a really deep chord for me on something that I've been sort of thinking about for a while. And so I reached out to him and the product is this conversation. And we went in so many directions and I just so appreciated how deep we were able to get around this idea of cultivating courage And what does it mean to actually live with an open heart? What is the value of living with an open heart? How do we lean into sort of like our heart's deepest desires from a place of courage instead of denial? And, you know, it's just something I've been really thinking about recently is having the courage to actually have big visions and dreams for my life, like having the courage to ask for what I want in relationship, having the courage to connect to my longing and what's really here and present. And and I think that it's really easy to go into the space of denial. It's really easy to sacrifice our needs for others. It's really easy to get into that space. And I'm really at the stage in my life sort of challenging the ease of it and looking for a different rubric and a framework for authentic living. And this conversation was so helpful in me even sort of getting clear on on what it means to live with an open heart and the value of that. This was a very back and forth conversation. I you know, I meet a lot of amazing human beings on this path and and uh I had an intuitive hit that Spencer and I were going to go deep and just have a beautiful conversation and, and this truly was one of my favorite conversations I've recorded in a while. And I know I say that a lot. <laughs> I know you guys hear me say that a lot, but holy crap, did we just have a chance to talk about one of my most favorite topics in a raw, vulnerable, authentic, and passionately connected way. That just felt like two people having a really authentic conversation about what it means to be alive and and what it means to be alive today in this moment and what we're challenged with and what we're stepping into as men, as human beings that are just longing and desiring more love in our lives. So 
<sighs> Love this conversation. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Tag me on social, tag Spencer on social with your favorite parts of the episode, what resonates for you. Reach out to us. It just means the world when you guys let me know, let us know like what lands. It helps me find purpose. It helps me feel just so grateful for this opportunity to dance with all of you and to be connected through these mediums. And so I'm just so grateful for you guys. Thank you again for being here and giving us the gift of your attention. And without further ado, here is my main man, Mr. Spencer Jacobson. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my brother, Spencer. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, man. It's great to see you again. It's really good to see you, man. I just love your energy, man. Like it's just like I had a feeling that I was gonna really enjoy just reconnecting with you in any case. And like just the brief conversation we just had, I don't know, just the whole thing is feeling really good. So even though it's been a few years, I'm glad that we're reconnecting now at this chapter in life and coming back into each other's orbits. Yeah, likewise. So I'm just going to speak to the the impetus that brought me to want us to connect. Everyone listening, I read a post from uh, Spencer on social that said something around, and I'm going to repeat what you wrote because I think that's a great starting point for this conversation, which is fixing your sleep, meditation, therapy, other somatic practices, eating good food, reducing EMF exposure, the list of things you can do to heal your nervous system is endless. None of these are as effective for sustainably healing the nervous system as courageous action in alignment with our deepest desires and truths. And I just want to bring that and you follow that up with, this is what cultivates the capacity to be present with life. It says to the universe, yes, I'm going to do a scary thing, and I trust that whatever happens, I can handle it. All of the best therapy in the world without combining courageous aligned action will never heal the nervous system. I needed to hear that again this morning. It was a channeled piece. I'm telling you, like when I read that, I was like, holy shit. Because I'd been thinking about just that idea of like, we keep looking for things to do to feel more grounded. We keep looking for the tactics and the strategies, but that almost feels like a bypass for the deeper truth, which is that when we are in alignment, when we're living fully and taking the bold action, having the hard conversations, making the changes in our lives that feel scary and uncertain, that's when it's almost like we unlock the innate power in us to remember and heal and feel that unconditional love that is our hearts, that is the universe. And I'd love for you to share just like what lands for you as this kind of post comes back into your awareness. The biggest trap that I fall into, I think that people fall into that are more in the like conscious entrepreneurship or conscious creation world is the trap of, oh, if I just do a little bit more of this healing thing over here, it's going to make it easier or it's going to make, it's going to allow me to be who I really want to be. And what happens for me when I do that is I actually slowly lose respect for myself. It's not a conscious thing. I'm losing respect for myself, but 
if I'm going and turning this direction to try to support my nervous system or trauma healing or whatever, which is a fucking beautiful, admirable endeavor. But if I'm doing that subtly in avoidance of who I really am or what I really want, the self-respect or the self-esteem starts to like leak out the side. And so all of the healing you could ever do. And what I've found is that that actually messes with my nervous system. Like while I'm doing things to help my nervous system feel safe and grounded and healthy, if I'm sort of turning away from the scary stuff, which is building that business I really want to build or saying the thing to my partner that feels scary about our sex life or whatever, then I'm actually teaching myself that I can't, I actually can't handle it. So there's like conflicting messages going on. And then what I was feeling and just when you were reading it back is what actually is the most healing thing of all is life force energy. Just pure, like life force energy is pure love. A lot of things can be contained in that pure love, but the end of the day, when we're turning towards who we really are, our truth, what we really want, I feel it's like hooking up to the universal life energy and the infinite blueprint of health available in hooking up to that. And it might blast us with love and life and that might cause us to feel a lot of discomfort that's living in our bodies and in our psyches and our broken hearts or whatever the case may be. But that's actually where the healing is, not from somebody like having their hands on you in a certain way or you like crying in a certain way about something that happened. It's like plugging in to infinity. Like you're actually just plugging in by removing the blockages and the bullshit that you're telling yourself. And it's just like, it's so refreshing to hear that. Spencer, like I can't tell you how refreshing it is because I think it's so easy to try and think that the tool or the thing is actually the healing and forget our own innate power, the innate power that comes in pure acceptance of our desires, of our longings, of our, like when we are not denying ourselves of our heart's deepest desires, which is the most authentic expression that exists, when we're not denying our power, when we're not denying our truth, we are alive and we are more alive than we've ever been. I mean, it is the foundation in my eyes. It's the conversation that nobody's having about health. <laughs> it's like the one thing, like when you're in denial, you're actually in argument with yourself. You said it beautifully. Like you lose respect in my eyes, like you're losing trust with yourself. You're losing this like this intimacy with self. You are sacrificing for intimacy with something outside of you. But the crazy thing is that actually creates more of a break with the things outside of you. And then you start to question life altogether <laughs> because it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are things not working? But it's in the return back to self that actually unkinks it all. <laughs> okay. You said a few things that I think are so interesting. So that part of when you're not actually turning right towards it, that's where we can start to lose even the desire to live. Right. Cause you're just like, whoa, like 
my external reality is just like not a representation of what I want in this life. And it starts to get so distorted. And I've faced that in my life of where I'm like, fuck, like if this is what it is, I don't want to fucking participate. But I can either believe that's like an aspect of life and oh, I just have to, this is just the way life is. Life is somehow not beautiful in these ways and I have to like deal with it until I can make it the way I want it to be. But that's just a recognition of like, you have to remember like, maybe we've just been turning away from ourselves. And there's compassion for that too, right? Because there aren't a lot of models in society of the opposite. It's almost like it's celebrated to turn away from ourselves, to sacrifice our needs for another, to not set the boundaries, to to rely on the thing, the pill, the person. I mean, like there's a culture of that that exists. And so it's, and so I love the word courageous action because it does take courage to trust yourself in that way. It takes courage to want to know yourself in that way and to seek that level of clarity within yourself. My biggest process right now is trusting that like I can't miss what's meant for me. And it's like trusting that like what's present in my heart, if I keep denying it, that's the piece that's going to pull me away from this wave of support that's around me that I can't see. It's like I could either play with my mind in this moment and think that I have grand control over everything that's happening, or I can go into a deeper well of trust and truly feel the connectedness of spirit and ancestors and nature and this flow of life that's already happening. Whether I'm alive or whether I'm dead, this flow is happening. And can I trust deeply in that flow? Raj, how do you distinguish between, so what I'm feeling, and you're saying that, like I'm feeling, Raj, like feeling deep into his heart, Right. There's like, okay, there's like desires here. There's truth here. And do I trust enough that I like, this is what's meant for me. I can, I can share this. How do you distinguish when all the fear comes in or the, maybe the parts of you that feel like not, I'm just making this up, not good enough or just afraid or it's not possible or whatever your story is. And maybe you could also share like, what's your flavor of it? How do you distinguish between like discernment? Okay. Like this is actually discernment of like, this is not for me or whatever versus like the like tender, excited, kind of afraid, but like in a good way, turning towards what you actually want. I think the word that I've been really playing with recently is longing. Longing and yearning is a really beautiful word that kind of came into my vocabulary recently, which is, it's got like a, am I longing for love and union and partnership versus like needing it because it's filling something that's mine to actually fill, right? Like, Am I longing for abundance and success and impact versus like needing things to be a certain way because I'm attached to my identity as a successful creator or entrepreneur or like to me, it's an energetic 
frequency and it feels different when I really get honest with myself because the, the longing is really pure, like longing for just connection with another or for the most success you've ever experienced in your life or like to have all the wealth you've ever wanted or to be surrounded by beautiful friendships. That is a beautiful thing. And I think for a long time, I would beat myself up because I wanted those things because of this other shit over here, <laughs> which is like more of that flavor of the insecurity or the the needing to look a certain way or even self-sabotage in some ways, I think lives over here. Like there's just so much noise, but I think that's the word that's been an anchor for me recently around like really checking in with like, which side am I, like, what is that discernment? Like, how do I distinguish between the two? And it's, it's been with that flavor. We were um, running a men's retreat last week and this came up yearning and longing and how powerful it is. Well, first of all, I think how much conditioning there is that says yearning and longing for something purely is like an invalid way of being like maybe more as a man than especially as a man for sure yeah like sitting in your morning meditation or being out on a walk or a run or whatever and like fully feeling like the heartbreak of the desire of the yearning or the longing for something I don't think that I felt that that was like an acceptable thing until, I don't know, last, last few chapters of life or so. And what I've been, I've been really pondering it too of basically, I think for many of us, a lot of our like biggest dreams as far as community and living in greater relationship with the land and with that fully imbued with our own gifts and things to offer a lot of this is like it's like a future reality like these are things that aren't exactly happening so much on planet earth necessarily in the ways that we fully desire it and i was thinking of it in that context of like what if we all just allowed ourselves to, our hearts to break open with the yearning for the future that we wish to see and then i think of the value of living with a broken heart and then that's where I see things start to get really interesting because I have this, you know, we have this sense of, for me, when I can really feel my heart, it's because it feels broken open and it's uncomfortable sometimes and it's scary. And I'm like, whoa, can I really live walking around with like a heart broken open by what I wish to be seeing in the world, by my gratitude for what I already have? by the pain and suffering that exists all around inside and outside of me. And then I'm connected to those other times in life where I can't really fully feel my heart. Like it just doesn't, whether it's good stuff or bad stuff, like I just can't feel it. And I've gotten to this place of like, I don't want to live if I can't feel my heart. And that might sound like dramatic, but like, what's the point? And so that's what I just feel in, in what you said. Dude, you, <laughs> you're just like dropping so much. I mean, that, that's been a question of mine. Like you said, the value of living with a broken heart, like that opening, 
right? Because there's a reason why the heart closes. There's a reason why, and and maybe it's there's there's conditioning in that too, right? Like when my heart was open purely, fully, unabashedly until I had my first heartbreak in like middle school. And then all of a sudden it just closed. And then I learned from conditioning that that's normal and that's what's supposed to happen. And then it creates those walls that we continuously build on top of until we get to that place where we're not feeling anymore. And I was there in my last relationship. I was there three years ago. I would say three or four years ago, like that was my reality. Like I was very disconnected. In hindsight now, the opening is, in my eyes, the greatest magnet of all. Like, it's what's calling life to me versus anything else. Like, I feel like I have so much to be grateful for now, even in the heartbreak. I've really started shifting from the word breaking to opening because it is like that's what it actually is. Like, it expanding my capacity to hold more love. And that to me is such a gift to give ourselves. Actually, I think heartbreaks, heart opening, allowing ourselves to go into that depth is the greatest act of self-love there is. It's the greatest act of generosity there is. It's the greatest teaching that we can impart on another. It's the greatest inspiring it's the most inspiring act of courage in my eyes to be seen in that longing to be expressing that longing to and allow yourself again to go back into that level of intimacy with self like it is uh and as you're speaking about the land and just staying in union with that and staying and keeping the heart open to the reality of what is today like that is actually an example of not being in denial that is a concrete example of it. It's staying, keeping our hearts open inside of all of this instead of shying away and building up the skill of capacity, right? That capacity and that skill, I think, is something that can be built like a muscle. And I do believe there's value in living that way. I believe there's incredible value in having a heart open, in living with an open heart. It's such a beautiful paradox because. When I think of living with a broken heart, living with an open heart, but for many of us, how does it get open? Right, it has to like, be broken open. Yeah, yeah, gets open through through the breaking, through through sometimes the things we can't control. But I think about the paradox of how much we avoid heartbreak, how much we avoid circumstances where our heart might be broken. Oh, I'm afraid to really give myself to this relationship because I don't want to get hurt again. Or I'm afraid to speak my truth and really go after my deepest, truest desires because what if I fail? But it's actually such a surefire way to, if God forbid you really go for what you want and you just fall on your fucking face, that's a beautiful way for the heart to break open. And now there's actually more opportunity for the love to come in, for the love to come out. And I even think of a broken heart as like, you don't even have to contain your own love anymore. You're just connecting to the love that's, it's like, I think of like a hole being in the heart. It's like, cool, now there's love everywhere because it's just coming in and going out. 
you're connected. It's like when you're living with a closed heart, you're actually disconnected, not just from yourself, but from everything. You're disconnected from others. You're disconnected from your truth. You're disconnected from the divine. You're disconnected from nature. Like It's that disconnection that I think most people don't even realize is happening. Like It's like you're a, a fish swimming in really kind of cloudy water, and you think that's just the reality but it's not it's it's what's present when we live with our hearts closed and and i do think that there's a lot of like i have compassion for a younger raj that actually kept his heart closed like i have a lot of compassion and empathy for that because fuck it was hard like it did hurt or at least it hurt because i had conditioning that i had to unravel and release and i had people that I had to had hard conversations with. And there was a lot of untangling that happened when I went from living in my mind to living with a connected heart. And that rite of passage, I think it is a rite of passage into a more true and congruent way of existing. It's a more authentic way of being, but it is more lively. It's more lively, it's more exciting, it's more passionate, it's more artistic, it's more connected. I feel more faith. I have a deeper sense of faith in myself and humanity and where we're headed. It's just there's a more, there's a higher vibratory nature of that opening that I think I just was very unaware of. It's not that I didn't want that. In fact, I would have probably said I like in fact me and my girlfriend were talking about this like we were at a gathering in Nasara two days ago and like at our friend's beautiful home and there's like this gorgeous sunset happening and there's like he had a DJ come from Envision Festival and they were playing music and there's just this beautiful dance happening and we were like what the fuck is our lives right now and it was like five years ago if I would have said this is what I wanted I couldn't have fathomed because what I wanted was coming from my mind. And what I have now is a life that's possible because of my heart. Yeah, you, there's so many threads that I want to pull there. Because so one thing that's happening is I'm thinking, okay, if I'm listening to this, it's like, cool, like live with an open heart, fucking easier said than done. You know what I mean? Like, how do I do that? That seems hard. And I've often thought about like the media landscape and there's a lot of stories on one side of the hero sort of seeming like he's at the end of his journey and like, yeah, it was hard. Maybe it was hard in the past, but like now it's amazing. And these are all the things I did. And this is like most of like modern, like podcasting It's like, let me find like the most successful person ever. And then just like hear them talk about stuff. And then I feel like where we started in this conversation too was like, okay. And on the other side of that is like trying to do all your healing before you actually go for your dreams is also never going to work. So over on one side, it's like these stories that sometimes feel a little unrelatable because it's like, I hear you have all this success, but like, I feel fucked up and not good enough. And I just don't feel like I am the same as you. So and so those stories aren't vulnerable enough, right? Necessarily to feel like, oh, we can actually fully relate to it. And then also we can't just like stay stuck in our own healing forever. That's not where it happens. So how do we walk this, like that middle path of 
embracing what we're feeling inside, embracing all the pain and things that do open our hearts while also moving forward. I'm just, that's what I'm feeling. It's like, what's the middle road here? I love this. I love that we're bringing it back to that tangible question, right? Because it's easy to paint this picture of roses and forget the path. For me, my vulnerable breaking point was when I was in a nine-year relationship and I had my first plant medicine ceremony and it opened up my heart and I was feeling all these feelings and I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my feelings. It's like, you know, those like colorblind glasses, like you're like looking at the world and all of a sudden you put all these colorblind glasses and it's like, everything's just vibrant and alive and colorful. Like that was like what happened. And when that happened, me and my ex of nine years, like literally like a month after that ceremony, I think my penis stopped working. Like I had erectile dysfunction for about like a month and it created every level of shame, worry, fear, anxiety. And that was the first time my body, it's because like I was now connected to this thing I was most afraid of admitting, which is that this wasn't the girl for me. That was the fear because she checked all the boxes to my family. She checked all the boxes on paper. We got along great. There was so many things that were right. But when I connected to my heart, the truth was that she wasn't it. And my body was now manifesting that. And the way it broke open for me was having a hard conversation, sharing my truth and choosing myself. That was the first time I ever think I chose myself. Once that opened up for me, it was then, what is my North Star? Like coming back and to keep asking the question, like, what is true for me? If I loved myself, what would I do? Would I have the hard conversation or would I fight for what's true? It's like coming back into like checking in with myself. And that took about three years of more heartbreaks. I had a a business partnership, many business partnerships just crumble. I had lots of mishaps. And I mean, it was just like a lot of roller coasters that continued giving me opportunities to, to like practice coming back into center and trusting deeper. And do I think we can intentionally create opportunities to do that? Yes. I think there's the ceremonies, there's the hard conversations, there's dating. I think conscious relationship, I don't know a more powerful mirror to practice more of that opening. But I also think that life is a really powerful mirror. For me, at least, it was. It has been a very powerful mirror. And coming back to like our where we started this conversation, like we don't have to really go looking for the spaces we're avoiding. They're right in front of us. They they show up in the forms of like disharmony. They show up in the form of conflict. They show up in anxious responses or whatever the flavor of ice cream is that it's showing up as the script, but. That to me is like the entry point. It's the crack. It's where the crack wants to happen for the heart. I believe that is the very thin veil that could either be padded on and avoided or flipped on its head and like brought into just a deep opening. And I do think there's fear there. There's lots of fear there. And I know for myself that fear was now in hindsight, not true. The fear that I wouldn't find love again, the fear that I wouldn't be supported, the fear that I wasn't enough, the fear that all these things that like, it's like all those feelings and those fears and those scripts in hindsight now, they weren't true. So I have enough data now to continue opening, 
And I think that to me is what was the path, but I'll pause there. What it makes me think of is just like that point of how to cultivate the courage to actually lean in like that moment. Cause I think that's like where this is all like coalescing to is like, what is that? How do we cultivate courage and where does the self-love come from or the trust and the belief come from to say, I think for me in my journey, it's always been actually like being so rocked by my heart, like the pain that I feel in my heart and the love that I feel in my heart and the fact that they're actually not different. There's something happens in the alchemy of like, I have to believe that I live in a friendly enough universe. I just choose to believe that what's in my heart is good enough for the world. And I think that's where I've probably fucked myself up most also is like not believing that when we get into this belief that like, Hey, what's right here. Like the world doesn't want somehow. So I have to try to like stay in this relationship that doesn't feel right because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about all these things or I can't really do the business that I really want because the world doesn't want that. And like, how to drop down enough into the, the almost like the grief that lives in the heart too of all the ways that we've ever, maybe I'm just making up in that nine year relationship, the grief in your heart of maybe all the subtle betrayals that you had or the ways that you were shitty to her in certain ways or shitty to yourself and like how to access what's actually going on in the heart enough that allows the courage to come forward to say, Hey, if this doesn't go well, like at least I tried or something like that. Right. That's, that's what I'm feeling in your share. I'm really curious to know, like, how do you think courage is cultivated in those moments? Like, is it inspiration and insight? Is it divine? Is it something that is like deposited in over time? Like, is it a trust muscle? What do you think creates the cocktail of courage? I think there's a lot of layers and I want to try to go layer by layer because this is like the best question I've heard in a long time. Hitting rock bottom, that's a good recipe for courage. and. It's not ideal for anyone based on where they are to need to go to rock bottom before courage happens. But a lot of people that I've worked with over the years at a certain level have to go to a rock bottom to be able to rebuild on really solid foundation. What do you constitute as a rock bottom? Basically hitting that place of acceptance that your ego is not going to get you out of the situation that you're in a rock bottom is a dark night of the soul a rock bottom is a moment when you realize that you have to give something up to a power that is beyond your mind power is that is beyond the newtonian physical world that we're told is all there is 
But as I said, going to rock, that's a place where we can really start to cultivate courage because you realize, hey, it's not going to get any worse than this. I might as well start trying something else out. So it's actually the choice to try something different at rock bottom that kind of sparks that. Because you always have a choice. And what I'm hearing, and I'm, and I think this is really interesting because in what you're saying is that like when we hit rock bottom, we're almost like forced to make that choice. It's a surrender. Mm, yeah. It's a surrendering the control of the ego that says whatever it's been saying for your whole life. The ego is like, got to do it this way. Can't do it that way. This is how the world works. This is how the world doesn't work. And at a certain point, that can take you to such a, a rock bottom that you're, that you that I have decided, okay, I'm surrendering the control of that, surrendering the control because ultimately that's a lot of what the ego is about, right? It's the ego is, thank God, created to help us manage our lives and in certain ways control our lives make it through whatever difficult situations that we had. I want to speak to absolutely there's a courage bucket. Absolutely there's a courage bank account in a way of developed over time, trust in oneself, the courage to follow the heart. That's absolutely an aspect of it. I think ultimately the thing that has given me the most courage in my life is feeling my own heart and feeling ultimately the heartbreak that allows me to open up to I'm not separate because courage can only happen. Letting go of control to step into courage can only happen when we believe that we're not separate from everything else. Because otherwise, it's like you're only trusting in yourself. You're not trusting in things outside of yourself either. Like that's a false paradigm and that will result in failure. It's almost like in that frame, when you feel connected to everything, it's like you're almost sitting at a poker table playing a hand, not just with the dollars that are in your pocket, but the dollars that are inside this like infinite bank account that's behind you. And like you're trusting that there's just all of this support, this support that you can't see, but you can sense and feel. And that is, and choosing to believe that and act with that awareness, with that, with trust in that, with that belief, choosing to act with that belief is an act of courage. And the more we are in alignment with that, the natural byproduct is courage in the face of adversity or in the face of difficult decisions or in the face of being seen or that is like the greater kind of well i am safe and protected and held by something so much greater than what i can see with my two eyes and this belief is nothing works without it Absolutely nothing, nothing in a, I mean, for the people who are listening, who I'm understanding what they're like, for those of us that want to live a life that is, that feels true and feels 
soulful and feels like, hey, I'm really, I'm really doing what I'm here to do. That can only happen through belief and faith. It can only happen that way. If we don't believe, then we're going to hedge. We're going to do things that are 95% true or 50% true. And if you're listening, you're probably one of the beings on this planet that is like, well, sorry, this is your lifetime to get to, this is your lifetime to come all the way in to living. And if you're listening, you've probably already on some level already made that choice so that anything that isn't the truth, anything that's a hedge against uh, maybe I'll fail, maybe I'll fuck this up or whatever, maybe the universe isn't friendly. It's just going to come back in the form of crumbling business partnerships and relationships that don't work and pain and disease in the body. We can't get away with it. That's the piece that I think I have started to really realize at this stage. Like, you can either practice the courage now or be dealt an opportunity to do it later with circumstances that are greater. And for some reason, the fallacy of the mind is that I'm going to save a buck now to avoid something late it's like there's there's a very much like it's a fallacy and i think that fallacy is worth calling out because i do believe that when we allow these little deposits of fear these decisions of betrayal self-betrayal these actions of misalignment with our heart's deepest desires like that's a deposit that's being made in the other bucket that isn't the vitality bucket that isn't the connected bucket it's almost like and and then in a grand scheme of things, if I think about it like a like just two buckets, we have this love bucket over here, and then we have this fear bucket over here. Courage lives in the love bucket. Fear is the other indecision, the the denial, the lack of awareness, the choosing to look the other way, whatever we want to call it over here. It's like once you break open, at least in my experience, like I had a lot of self-forgiveness to do to like bring this fear denial bucket down. Like I had to forgive myself for all the times I knew better and I didn't act better for all the times I knew that this was not the right thing for me with it anyways. And I think that is also courage, right? The courage to actually begin that journey, the courage to know that that is, I think self-love is courage. Like at the end of the day, like you Acting in that way is a way of you having the courage to either forgive yourself, forgive others. Like forgiveness to me is such a big part of this courage conversation that doesn't get talked about enough in that way. But I think it is so essential because I really do feel like forgiveness is the hardest thing, which is also the most liberating. Totally. So definitely has shown up in my journey, but with all the men we work with, the most powerful step in the process is actually the grief. So it's do some of the self-discovery to, to actually get honest with yourself of, oh, fuck, this is these patterns that have been running my life. They don't feel true. This is maybe if we need to go back and look at, okay, why did I do that? And what's right about that? There's something really beautiful and intelligent about my protection mechanisms that got me through my childhood or whatever happened, but they've been running the show now and they're not actually 
helping me get what I want anymore. And then to reach that moment of grief and forgiveness of everything, of all the unlived lives, of the unlived life, the dreams that we haven't chased, the things that we messed up in the past, the pain and the hurt that we experienced in the past, and to actually grieve and forgive ourselves and everyone else is the moment that's when courage really comes online. Like that's, I mean, there's courage to go into the grief and then there's all of the freedom that becomes available right on the other side of it to say, fuck, I'm free now. I'm free because I finally felt all those things. I had this realization a while back and it was just this idea around like when you don't have a feeling to fear, you are free. That's a whole podcast, right? That's there. a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, dude, I just love you. I had like this intuitive sense that we were just gonna go balls deep, and it was gonna be like, just like, <laughs> so good, dude. Um, Spencer, I, I just, I know we're wrapping up and getting close to the end of this conversation, but I, um, I just want to express some gratitude, man, for you and this conversation because I. I can feel the level of embodiment around this message and how present it is in your life and how authentic you are in exploring it. And like, I'm just very grateful that, that we had this container to like kind of go really deep on something that I think is the edge of existence living with a broken heart or an open heart and having the courage to do that is, um, is just a really beautiful thing. So I, I'm really grateful for you, man. And I'm just really grateful that we're back in each other's orbits and I would love to jam again in the future on other things that are just present because <laughs> it's just really fun with you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reaching out, Raj. I feel inspired. And you said you've done like 270 weeks in a row or something. That's amazing. That's actually really inspiring. And just feeling how much heart you're bringing through here and the non-agenda, but the desire to just be true and share inspiring messages. And what's really inspiring is truthful, authentic experience of the people that you have access to in your network because of the life that you've lived and, and the work that you've put in. That's really cool. And there's a lot of people that are super duper benefiting from that. So I just really appreciate you too. Thank you, brother. I'd love to just spend some time bringing some awareness to like, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, get in touch with you, like get involved in your world. I heard you say something about like men's groups and even the way you speak about it, man, like I can feel the embodied depth of like the value of being in a group like that with you. If it's anything like this conversation, I can see the value already. So I'd love for you to share just a little bit about that and what you're up to. Yeah. So I have a few projects right now. One is uh, I do men's groups and masterminds. You can just check it out at www.emergence.love. I run retreats around the country. It's called Dance Meets Tantra. It's a mix of conscious dance with different kinds of tantric connection exercises with ourselves and others. And that's dancemeetstantra.com. And then people can just find me at spencerjacobson.com. And I put out a fairly consistent message on social media. And so if people just want to connect with me there, 
then I'm happy to connect. Yeah, bro. Big fan. Big fan of you. Got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Breathing. Like a breath practice every morning and going out and putting my feet on the ground and trail running, being in nature, just remembering that nothing matters outside of just being in nature. So, yeah. So good. Dude, you're a legend. I appreciate you so much. And everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Spencer. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.